0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Another football podcast. We we just had our our kind of bit of a mailbag, uh kind of discussing a few a few different issues surrounding the Michigan football team yesterday. Today, we are looking at the 2020, 20 under 20. So Got Have a little it. fun with the numbers there. Yep, yep. I think I said that said that correct all the way through. Um, of course, this was a story over at the MichiganInsider.com and Michigan.247sports.com. Uh, we are pumping out stories like crazy. So be sure to check it all out. Myself, Steve, Bryce Marriage, Sam Webb, Josh Henschke, Josh Newkirk, and then our national team has has done some interesting stories as well. So be sure to check it all out. If you like this podcast, which occurs I don't know, roughly twice a week. Plus there's the new recruiting one. Uh, Be sure to rate it, review it. We love, we love getting reviews. you know, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. Um, Love, love seeing this thing grow the way that it has. Anyway, this, we're going to break this down instead of just running through the list and giving the 20 for 20 in 2020, because you can go read that online we're going to try to offer some commentary on a few key categories of this list. So first, because it was a question we got last time, uh, we're going to look at which freshmen might be there to burn or might, might be burning their red shirt this year. And this question comes from, let me just pull it up. um, Zeb plus Giles season or U of M brothers on Twitter. Ah, uh, predictions for freshmen that could possibly burn their red shirt. I think there's four that really come to mind, and I, as I said, four. I realized it might only be three, but, but Blake Corum, Braden McGregor, Andre Seldon. Oh, and then AJ Henning. Those seem like the the obvious four. Steve, you 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 have the um, the insight on these on these recruits and and on the entire class. I'll let you weigh in. Do those four stick out to you, or is it a bigger list? And and what can what can what should Michigan fans know about some of these incoming freshmen?
1: I think I think the other position to potentially keep an eye on here is safety, not because of what they have at the top, but because it looks like depth Hmm. is a potential question mark, possibly right. I mean, you have Hawkins and Hill who are. I'm assuming we are probably going to be your day one starters. You know, Paige enrolled early. You have Moten and Morant coming in in the summer, provided things stay on schedule here. That's a spot where maybe a guy like Paige could see, not as far as maybe being an, I wouldn't say like immediate contributor, but more of what I call like uh, being groomed by getting some extended, more playing time than he maybe normally would. Because I do think they, they like the younger guys that they have. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's just not a deep position. So I th- would not be surprised if a couple of those younger guys step in. But besides that, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, Andre Seldon's an easy one. I think AJ Henning's actually a really easy one too. The question with McGregor is a lot about if he's, he's going to be healthy or not, because I think he's a guy who could potentially enter that mix if he's a hundred percent. And but again, could be a deal where. This missing on spring ball, you know, might really hurt the chances of that. Not saying he's not getting healthier, but being on a college campus with, you know, all of the uh, great the uh, health the the support system facilities, yeah, yeah, the facilities, the medical staff and stuff. You know, I think could could have really helped kind of speed that process up. So those are kind of the guys. But you know, it is you're in Michigan, you're Michigan, you're just looking more and more like you're. In a great position, depth-wise, going. I mean, you look at linebacker. I think Mullings is a guy that would have been a, a potentially burned redshirt. Although, again, they hear, I guess let me rephrase that though, because we got to think about special teams too. Because Anthony Solomon,
0: yeah, they red, right? him, I mean, Kalief Hudson, and Josh Ross are are three player, and Mike Barrett. No, no, Mike Barrett redshirt. but but they've they've been known at linebacker. If there's a guy who knows what he's doing and hits hard they've been known to burn a redshirt just to have them on special teams just to get them acclimated to to playing regularly right for the wolverines
1: yeah so those athletic type spots you know the the athletic but physical you know that's another reason another guy i guess i wouldn't fully write off to is uh hibner hmm. because i think the way hibner rose through the rankings throughout the yeah. process says a lot about that this guy in a lot of ways you could almost argue he might even be better than where we have him ranked That's one of those deals where, you know, it's like, hey, if they'd gotten to see him one more time, he might have gotten another bump. You know, and so Michigan loves, you know, Eric all got a lot of good a lot of playing time last year as a true freshman. And I think you could argue strictly from a physical standpoint, Hibner might be a little more developed. All was developed, but he's still a little lankier. Right. No, he really endeared himself with the his his want to from a physical standpoint. I don't think he was quite there. Uh, right away last year so there'll be you know again so i think Himner's a guy to look out for and and the same you talk about aj henning i, I would say the same thing about roman wilson as a possibility too um you know we just got we were talking before that before we recorded about cornelius johnson quietly played in 11 games last year
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't
1: i think henning is a guy they might throw sort of in that giles jackson put him on kickoff return so wilson's a guy also, could see him on special teams, might get him some snaps at receiver like they did Johnson last year. You know, you remember he scored the touchdown against Michigan State. So, uh, you know, he's another one I'd watch for. Maybe a few more guys than I thought before we got on the air to talk about for this freshman class. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a high number um, based on what they traditionally have been doing since this redshirt rule became implemented usually. I think, I think in 2018, that was a lot of year two, year three guys anyways, but I think they only burned – three redshirts. Last year they were a little bit more willing, um, especially on offense in that receiver group, you know, getting Sainristil, Johnson, Jackson, and all some opportunities. Um they kept they kept all the offensive line on redshirt. Um Chris Hinton, Dax Hill, two obvious guys who played a ton, and then Solomon. So they try to keep it relatively low, but I think there are a few players. I mean, to me unless you are a you know, potential backup, which I think you bring up a good point at safety. And I think for that reason, maybe you see a couple linebackers and that's not a dig at some of the, but they, they, did, they, they are a little thin from a second string perspective because of the drafts, because of transfers that they've had. Um, I mean, I think, I want to say they lost five linebackers from last season's roster, maybe six. If you count transfers and draft picks, and graduation, it's true. Um, So, so you know, some as as you mentioned, Molly. I mean, Don Brown mentioned I think all three: Nakai Hill Green, and then um, Cornell Wheeler as well. When he was discussing the linebackers, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, But as far as
1: can I say real quick, sure, I, I do think that they're pretty excited about Hill Green early on. Okay might be a sleeper in this class. <laughs> he was one of those guys that really didn't get talked a lot about, but I think I Michigan I feel like is is pretty excited about what he could become. So
0: sure. There you go. So Steve, just to tie off this freshman component, I have AJ Henning twelve on this on this 20 under twenty, Blake Corm 14, Braden McGregor 16, and then Andre Selden 19. Is there any incoming freshmen obviously playing is one thing is there anyone else you would have considered for a top 20 or any of those rankings um either out of order or any any differing opinions on that
1: Eh. no not yet i think there are a lot of guys i mean granted because a lot of the guys next year won't be 20 or under 20 anymore (laughs) But, (laughs) but it's it is it's more about uh, right now. Cause you know, I look at a guy like, I think a guy like Jeff Percy could end up being one of the two best three or four mm. players in this class someday. Okay. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't think you could put him, you couldn't put him there right now.
0: There's no, no evidence. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. So yeah. I think, I think all things being considered in the present, I think that's a good list. I mean, maybe, maybe Mullings, you know, we didn't okay. see it. We didn't see enough of Morant. I think he was injured a lot of his senior season. We didn't see enough of him to To ha- put him in this conversation if he had played a full senior season, I think maybe we would be mentioning him a little bit more, but uh, not a lot of senior film to work off of, but Mulling's maybe the other guy, but no, I think you have them I think you have the right guys, and I think they're in the right order too. Oh well, thanks, man. Hey, <laughs> I tried to try to thanks. put some research into it good. Um, <laughs> good.
0: so next question this was uh, i thought I thought chris Hummer of twenty four seven sports did an interesting story looking at players. Players who redshirted last year but should not be forgotten about. So a lot of times, you know, when players get redshirted more, these were more like the big names, like a Trey Sanders or a Brew McCoy or, or some, some of like the top tier, top 50 recruits. But even at Michigan, there are players that, that you know, you or, or other people might be talking about as, oh, they're sleepers or, oh, they're going to be really good in year two or year three, and then they don't play in year one. And it's and people kind of forget about them, and then it's like, oh, where did this guy come from? And it's like, oh, well, that was part of the plan. So on this top twenty list, it's the new red shirt rule has made things a little tricky. So apologies if we misstate that someone redshirted and, and didn't. But Zach Carpenter, Carson Barnhart, who were number nine and number ten on my list, DJ Turner, number eleven. And then I'm trying to see if there was Nolan Rumler. is another guy I put put on. He was number 15. And then Anthony Solomon did not redshirt, but he he didn't start. And then number 20, Mozzie Smith. So that's probably where I'm at in terms of players who redshirted last year who shouldn't be forgotten about. Quentin Johnson is another guy he missed all of last season due to injury. Um, I'm trying to think if it's, I guess Cade McNamara. I, I don't know what his role will be this season, but at quarterback, it, it your role can change quickly. Um, Jalen Perry was a former top 200 recruit. Haven't heard quite as much about him as we have about DJ Turner, but Steve, players who redshirted last season who who could be in for. Oh, and um, David Ajabo would have made this list. He literally turned 20 the day before I wrote or published the article. So. You know, he just missed the cut in that <laughs> regard. But but Steve anyone or who stands out to you as players who will uh who redshirted last season might be low on people's radars but might contribute a, a bit more this season.
1: Uh I like Barnhart. I know he's your was he your surprise offensive? Yeah, he was my surprise week. last
0: week. Right. Yeah. I you know, I don't know what position. I just think he's that's part of why I think
1: he's – that makes him so potentially valuable is I, I, right. I think he could play a few spots if they need him to.
0: To me, he's like a – when Michigan needs to play their best five, that's I very think they po- find a spot for him.
1: Very possible. and I, I, That's – tell you what, man, if that turns out to be the case, then, I mean, offensive line is going to look good for a long time when you got second-year guys stepping in. And what should be – I know they're replacing a lot, but they are mm-hmm. – they're young, talented, and they're actually – Pretty deep too. Now, given that they were able to redshirt, they redshirted all six guys, right? Last year, yep. all six yep. of their signees, so, all six. Yep. Yeah, So, I mean, it's you know looking stronger and stronger. So, Barnhart, I don't think Mozzie's somebody that hasn't. I think he's been talked about a lot as like a guy that everyone's right. excited to see because they all they want to talk about is uh, defensive tackle. We've talked a lot about DJ Turner too actually, mm-hmm. as far as Zordich being very high on him. I know you said Don Brown had a lot of good things to say about him yesterday. It's almost like well. an
0: implied comfort with them playing him right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Because Brown, this is actually notable. He talked about Ambry Thomas. He talked about Vince. Well, he actually didn't talk about Vince- Ambry Thomas. But when talking about the cornerback room, he said, you know, we got we got Ambry, we got Vincent Gray, we got DJ Turner, and now it's finding the number four guy. It's finding a little bit more options yeah. at the nickel. That's crazy that DJ Turner is already just kind of. It, it reminds me of maybe Aiden Hutchinson last year, where it was like, oh yeah, he's already in the, you know, it's not even like a if he breaks out, it's like he's already, he's already a breakout player before the season starts because the coaches are, are that bullish on his potential.
1: Yep. Uh, and you know, Turner's like, yeah, somebody they've been excited for are about since he was being recruited. Again, he was an eighty-eight. 88- a guy we said throughout the whole process was a top target for them. They've loved him forever. So this is, this is really just continued progression as far as they're concerned with him is the next step now is just playing him and being excited about it. So uh, Carpenter was the other one too, right? Mm-hmm. So I think he's the other one. I think I would say for the bulk of last season, I think he was the, the guy out of the six that was furthest
0: ahead. Well, and, and Steve, certainly a lot of reasons players transfer, but but you kind of mentioned it last episode. When players transfer and someone younger is still around, and, and honestly the only returning player around, you, you start to wonder if there wasn't a redshirt incentive, is that Carpenter – playing a little bit more last season now they had they had great offensive linemen in front of him so there's no reason to to burn his redshirt but i am almost i mean i had him one spot ahead of barnhart but i think both of them are gonna be significant i mean not, not just you know maybe their offensive line starters but like guys that, that michigan fans should be pretty excited about
1: yeah i mean to be honest with you, of all the guys that transferred this offseason, I think Steven Spinellis was one of the ones that kind of made you say, oh, wow, like, you know, because he, he was a guy that they've, they've liked. He's got an ample yeah. playing time. I think, you know, with Ruiz leaving, you would have thought – I thought the process was he'd at least be there for the the battle, you know, in the offseason and, and spring ball, a lot with Vistardis, you know, in the middle. Yeah. But yeah. with with Spinellis leaving, you you gotta think that the staff and again Vasardis very well. I mean, you, you talk about a guy who's progressed. You know, he was a walk on now he's got a scholarship. I mean, you know, th- some of those guys have panned out really well under Harbaugh. But you kind of got to think, with ex- as excited as they've been about Carpenter, that you know they're almost hoping that he takes that job and that he's a potential three or four year starter there in the middle for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you can't ask for much more than that at the center spot either, which is. Yeah. That's what Ruiz did. Right. He took a hold of it. He didn't let go, you know? And so I think maybe that's what they're hoping that Carpenter can do. Cause again, you know, people forget, maybe our listeners don't forget. We're good at reminding people of things, but you know, they beat Clemson head to head in that recruitment. So I know he's only an 87 on our rankings, but you know, Michigan beats Clemson head to head for a guy that hasn't happened very often in the last five or six years. Yeah, hasn't really yeah. happened for any program the last five or six years. I mean, you talk about the the way that Clemson recruits. So, you know, for him, for Michigan, that's kind of the thing we talked about. There were some questions about Michigan's offensive line being, recruiting being good, not great, which is still laughable to me. You know, It was like even the guys that were ranked a little bit lower who were already looking like guys that are in, re- in playing shape and ready to go are guys that had like legit recruitments, you know, they beat Clemson for Carpenter. Jack Stewart had Auburn, Texas A and M uh, had a few. Other, as for a kid out of Connecticut, hmm. you know, to get Auburn, Texas A and M, but a couple other SEC programs, if I remember right, you know, and then the other, I think the other four guys were much more nationally visible from a recruiting standpoint. But, uh, but yeah, so Carpenter, I would Carpenter be the other guy. And it, was there any? I think that was it for on the line. Well, no, for that. I mean, oh, I yeah. For the guys that that redshirted last year that we think will make a. Uh,
0: I have Rumler pretty high. I, I haven't heard a ton from him, but I know he's a guy that always looked like he was going to make an impact sooner than later. He was going to be a.
1: He looks like an NFL player already. Right. I mean, the dude's a bowling ball. Yeah. I mean, he is <laughs> a big dude. So.
0: Um, okay. And then finally, our third our third question to go with to kind of pair with this ranking is let's look at the top six, the top six. I was actually surprised that this many of their best players were under 20, but number one spoiler Aiden Hutchinson, number two, Jalen Mayfield, number three, Cam McGrown, number four, Dax Hill, number five, Zach Charbonnet, number six, Giles Jackson. So, and number seven is Chris Hinton. So maybe you can throw him in too. Um, but but we've seen the other six a little bit more. So, Steve, looking at those six, who among them do you think can be All-Big Ten? Who among them do you think can be, it, looking at 2020, right. obviously the, the ceiling is a little different. Who among them can be All-American? And then, I guess, handicapping a little bit of the expectations for some of these players, this, this upcoming season, because it's crazy because some of these players feel like we've been talking about for years and they're 19. And I, I think a couple of them are actually 18. Yeah. Giles Jackson turned 18 last December He's really after young. the regular season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so um, I guess your thoughts on this top six and, and what things can look like for them in 2020.
1: I mean, I think all six of those guys could be all Big Ten in some capacity, especially if Jackson plays
0: special teams again all year. I believe he's the number two returning kick returner. Yeah, in the Big I Ten. mean, so yeah. I think
1: he'll have a shot. Charbonnet thought he looked more explosive against Alabama than he did all season long. I think the staff is excited about what he'll bring to the table. We all know about what Daxon Hill's capable of. I know, and the coaches talk about him in almost a better light than anybody on the roster still as far as mm-hmm. super potential superstardom. McGrone, sort of the same deal. He's young for his class too. He was an 18 an eighteen recruit, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Hey man, so,
0: him and Hutchinson were young for, their,
1: for yeah. their class. So McGrone, really for him, I think, just got to work out some inconsistency issues. Mm-hmm. And that's... What I say is separates him from being all, all big 10, like all like a super type linebacker. You know, you can never, we're never going to predict that somebody's going to replicate what Devin Bush did. Um, but I think he's a guy that can be close or, you know, can be in that ballpark for sure this year. Mayfield, yeah. I mean, they're already talking about potential first round NFL draft pick if he plays well this year. So you know that scouts. People around the, the NFL circles are already taking notice of what he did last season. I don't think there's any doubt that he could be an all Big Ten kind kind of player this year. And then the same with Hutchinson, too. I mean, I guess if you had to if if one of these guys was going to be an all-American,
0: it's hard to choose one. Um I think I would go with Mayfield.
1: Uh, I was gonna say play Mayfield. Play. I yeah. I still Daxon Hill's got a full season under his belt. He doesn't have a bridge program that he's got to worry about in July and August. He knows he's got that starting spot locked up. I'm really interested to see what he does with like some actual experience and just the comfortability of knowing that he's going to be he's going to be on the field all the time. Cause you could absolutely could see it in flashes last year of what Michigan has with him. And, uh, you know i wouldn't i don't think i could pre- predict all american status just because it's he still hasn't doesn't have that much experience but right. he he is that talented um, you know michigan very fortunate to have reeled that one in so that but yeah i think mayfield would probably be the first pick as far as like a potential all american i think that'd be mayfield which if you're michigan that's best case scenario tackle
0: yeah. I think, yeah. Right. I mean, other than quarterback, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so looking at my thoughts on some of this, all big 10, I am very, I think the safest pick for all big 10 would be Hutchinson. Cause we talked about this last week. I think the big Ten's losing a lot of their defensive ends. You know, the AJ Apaneza, Itor Gross Matos, Chase Young, uh, Kenny Willikist. I mean, those, those guys, those were all the all big 10 defensive linemen last year. And so I think there's room. I mean, his competition, Zach Harrison, uh, George Carlaftis, a couple former Michigan targets, but he, he is physically ready. I think, I think he had a, even though he was properly rated in a lot of ways, I think he had actually an underrated season last year. He had 45 quarterback pressures. He had six pass breakups. I mean, those are, you know, that's almost like a, a J.J. Watt type of red shirt or sophomore season. So I think he's a pretty safe bet to be all big 10, all American, man, all American defensive end. I feel like that might be the hardest position other than quarterback to be an all American net. It's just, there's, there's just so many players. So I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I think, I think Mayfield because offensive lines a little bit more, reputation and are you the best lineman on a good offensive line I think he could get get a little bit of bump there I I like his odds of being all big 10 too. the returning tackles well it'll be the two guys from Ohio State Thayer Munford and and Brandon Bowen Uh, Van Lannan from Wisconsin is pretty good too I believe he's back but Mayfield can be a part of that group I, I I certainly think so uh, the other guys, I, I don't know. I see where you're coming from. You know, Charbonnet. Uh, I guess McGroan. McGroan probably could be linebacker. I'm trying to think. Eh, and Micah Parsons will be a tough, tough player to, to match. But there, there's some room there. I think Jackson, I, I think you bring up a good point about kick returner. He's very good at kick returning. I think as far as a receiver goes, I think it'll be, I think there's just too many other receivers I think it's very hard for a Michigan receiver, the way Jim Harbaugh likes to spread the ball around. I think it's hard for a Michigan receiver to do it. Zach Charbonnet. So, Steve, let me ask you this. Your implication that Zach Charbonnet could be an all big Ten running back this year, does that mean you think he gets the lion's share of, of carries in a pretty crowded running back rotation, or do you think it'll be more balanced?
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I suspect that he'll be the guy to get. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it's just because they sort of run similarly. But I've always I feel like Haskins is like sort of a what a BJ Askew would be to a like Chris Perry or or Anthony Thomas or something like that. You know, if if used properly. You know. That being said, though. You know, Haskins is athletic, and also I know the one big thing with Michigan and Haskins that they love, and I can't remember what the exact percentage I think Jay Harbaugh mentioned it in a media availability a while ago. It was like his, his uh, fall forward percentage or something, like they actually can keep track of this stuff. Like the amount of carries that he – it's not yards after contact. It's something about like uh, second effort – Positive second effort yardage or some weird, but basically saying that like when he hits a pile, the the amount of times or the percentage that the that pile moves in Michigan's direction is something like 83% or something. Hmm. So there is, you know, he's obviously has a lot of value either way. Cause he's, he's powerful and he's athletic. I just kind of think, I think Charbonnet kind of
0: becomes the guy this yeah. year. Well, he did. He did quite a bit for a true freshman last year. I yep. think he, think he finished first in rushing touchdowns as a true freshman in Michigan history, and then I think he was third in rushing yards behind Ricky Powers and Mike Hart. Two, two, two pretty significant names, and and I think there's a lot of names that he beat who ended up emerging as second and third year players. Um, to finish out this top, my thoughts on this top six: Dax Hill. I don't. I don't know. You know, he's. He was a five star. He's got elite speed. Um, I think he's. He showed he was pretty efficient as a tackler last season. And and there is a precedent for players in Don Brown's system who really pop as second year players. I mean, he was. He's really the only one who did anything as a true freshman. You look at Devin Bush, Calee Hudson, Lavert Hill, David Long. Um, you know, along the defensive line. I mean, Dax Hill was the only one of them to start as a true freshman. Part of that was injury, but yeah, I think he could pop. I I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about what he looks like in a starting safety role to to predict anything. But still, I think if you go back and do this 20 under 20 list in recent years, this has got to be as good of a top six as as there, there gets.
1: I agree. 100%. I mean, that was...
0: That was one thing that stood out to me was, you know, I, I know people kind of talk about the 2016, 2017 classes a lot, but man, the three classes they've had since, and especially maybe, um, this, this top core, I mean, you could, you could see every single one of those players being a top 50 pick it, when it's all said and done, I mean, you know, maybe Jackson just, I, I don't know, maybe he's not because he's a little undersized, but. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting list. It's an interesting discussion to have, and we can continue to have it too. If you, if, if you know the listeners want to want to join in, in in the discussion, uh, we'll certainly be a part of that. But for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. Read our stories over at MichiganInsider.com and Michigan Sports.com. Be sure to throw us a rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends if you like it. Uh, love to see this podcast continue to grow. And we will have, well, I think you'll have the recruiting podcast, right, Steve?
1: Yes, we record on Sundays. So
0: usually Sunday night or Monday morning. There you go. Get your recruiting fix there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.